You are listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to GI Insights, where we cover the latest clinical issues, trends, and technologies in gastroenterological practice. GI Insights is brought to you by AGA Institute and sponsored by Takeda Pharmaceuticals North America. Your host for GI Insights is Professor of Medicine at University of Illinois Chicago, Dr. Jay Goldstein. With meaningful advances in the understanding and technology of endoscopic procedures, there's a whole new avenue of exploratory surgeries, endoscopies, techniques, and procedures that are on the horizon. We need to understand these techniques, and I can think of no better guest than Dr. Christopher Thompson, Assistant Professor of Medicine at Harvard Medical School and Director of Developmental Endoscopy at Brigham's and Women's Hospital in Boston. Welcome to ReachMD, Dr. Thompson. Thanks very much. Pleasure to be here. We're really happy to have you because you can't pick up a newspaper without hearing more about new endoscopic techniques, so it's a very timely topic. What do you think over the last several years is the most important advancement that we've made? Well, I think that we've seen certainly enhancements and evolutionary changes in the endoscopes and in the platforms we use for flexible endoscopic surgery. Can you describe those to us a little bit? Certainly. Starting with, I guess, the simplest modifications, we have scopes now called note scopes, which really came from the Olympus R scope. And that's a double channel endoscope that has two large therapeutic sized channels with elevators that are orthogonally oriented so you can actually pull tissue in different directions using graspers or end effectors down each of those channels. That was one of the first steps. And then beyond that, we have various guide tubes, if you will, that accept a small caliber endoscope and then have large channels that might be three millimeters or even four millimeters in size that will accept larger devices for manipulating tissue. Well, why would one want to manipulate tissue as you describe it? Well, we can use that to perform complex endoscopic mucosal resections, or ESDs. We could also use these new platforms for endoscopic suturing. Well, that's kind of interesting. Well, you brought up notes. Let's go to the procedure notes. It's been receiving a lot of attention in the press and in the literature as I read it. Do you envision that in 10 years the gastroenterologists will be doing the routine cholecystectomies in this country? I don't think so. I do think the paradigm for cholecystectomy is going to change a bit, and that's something we're working in in our lab, so that maybe we'll end up doing less cholecystectomies in the urgent setting where we have cholecystitis and there's a need to go in with a full surgical procedure. However, I do believe that cholecystectomies can be performed via notes. It's just something I think that surgeons would be more inclined to do than gastroenterologists. Well, when will notes be used? I think that for gastroenterologists, as far as when we'll perform true nose procedures, I think one procedure we will perform in the near term and with good clinical outcomes is likely going to be liver biopsy. I think there's a good body of literature that supports laparoscopic guided liver biopsies currently. Much of that comes from Germany. And it's really thought to be much safer, and you also can get more information from actually visualizing the liver. So I think that a notes approach to liver biopsy is something that we have to explore further, and that's something that gastroenterologists would certainly be capable of doing. The linchpin to this is good gastric closure, because you want to be able to go down, exit through the stomach, insufflate CO2 into the peritoneum, 
then be able to visualize the liver, take a biopsy, make sure it's not bleeding, and then close the gastric access site securely. And there's a lot of activity in that area right now. Several companies, startup companies, and larger companies working on that. And I think once we have a good means of gastric closure, liver biopsy will be something that gastroenterologists will want to get involved in. Do you think that such procedures will be done in the uh, community-based practice, or will this be reserved for academic centers? Initially, it will be in academic centers, and I think in short order, if it's found to be safe, efficient, and something that it doesn't take a high amount of skill, say the learning curve is rather short, I think it will certainly spill into community practice pretty quickly, and especially if there's good reimbursement for it. I know that many people are looking at notes for other procedures as well, more surgically oriented procedures, as you might state. Do you see any other procedures other than liver biopsy being taken over or uh, well represented by notes? I think obesity is a very interesting area for notes. There's certainly room for improvement in the care for obese patients, whereas with cholecystectomy, the bar is very high. Laparoscopic cholecystectomy is a you know, very solid procedure. It's, it's very well tolerated. The outcomes are very good. And you know, a notes cholecystectomy, it's going to be very difficult for that to compete with current laparoscopic cholecystectomy. However, with bariatric surgery, there's a lot of room for improvement. And I think one potential for a true nose procedure here would be something along the lines of a transvaginal sleeve gastrectomy. Now, there's lots of evidence that sleeve gastrectomy may be a viable bariatric surgery with outcomes similar to that of ruinoid gastric bypass. So the transvaginal sleeve gastrectomy is something we'll have to keep an eye on. What is the experimental evidence supporting that? Well, throughout Europe and in South America, they have actually done human series. And it does appear, as far as weight loss data goes, that in some of these series, it does approach that of ruinoid gastric bypass. Now, the theory is that you're removing you know, a large part of the stomach and doing a sleeve gastrectomy. You're creating a small gastric sleeve via a transecting stapler that really is just along the lesser curve of the stomach, and the large part of the gastric body and fundus are removed. And in doing that, it's believed that we're removing cells that would basically be related to a, a release of particular peptides that play a role in satiety and have other metabolic consequences as well that will lead to weight loss. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to GI Insights on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Jay Goldstein, and joining me today to discuss new advancements in endoscopy is Dr. Christopher Thompson. Dr. Thompson is Assistant Professor of Medicine at Harvard Medical School and Director of the Developmental Endoscopy Program at the Brigham's and Women's Hospital in Boston. Tell us a little bit, Doctor, about the uh, Development Endoscopy Program. How do you think these things up? <laughs> well, first, I'm in a very good environment with lots of young minds that are uh, enthusiastic, and they come up with plenty of good ideas, the fellows that I work with, and I like to have the resources to allow them to explore those areas of interest that they have. And also, kind of being immersed in this area of research and development with various companies, certainly as we play with certain toys and in the animal lab, we, we experiment with new devices, ideas come to us. Some ideas actually do originate in the lab that are either mine or fellows of mine have ideas, and we will typically go through 
Brigham and Women's and work on developing that technology internally and then licensing that out to companies. And other times, the companies that come to us with ideas and ask us to test their devices and animals, and then as we see how it comes along, we move that into humans. Let's go intraluminal for a second. What new techniques would you like to speak about that are occurring with the traditional endoscope? Well, there certainly has been a lot of activity in endoluminal endoscopy, really starting with endoscopic and mucosal resection and ESD. And certainly our skills have been improving, our equipment has been improving, and I would say that we've now taken EMR from being something that was rare and experimental now into the commonplace where this is being performed with more regularity. However, now also I think a real hot area is bariatrics, and we've been performing bariatric endoscopy at the Brigham now for a few years where we've used various suturing devices from the barred endosynch or the USGI endoscopic operating system most commonly. Uh, We also used to use the LSI Solutions endoscopic suturing device. So there's certain suturing devices that we've been using in clinical trials. And we started by doing bariatric revisions. Patients would have a fistula, their staple line would break down, and the surgeon would not feel comfortable taking them back for revision, feeling it might be high risk for that patient. So they would send us the patient in hopes we could address this endoluminally. And we would you know, use these suturing devices to either try to close a fistula or perhaps the patients have had a gastric bypass and then started regaining weight after a period of time. Oftentimes those patients have a dilated pouch or a dilated gastric outlet, and we can actually sew that pouch down or sew the outlet down, making it small again, restoring that restrictive property of the pouch so the patients can feel full quicker and, again, lose weight. This sounds fascinating. Is this being done in controlled fashion? What is the advantage of doing it in your unit? Well, we have done a lot of the pilot work in the unit, and we have also, we're in the midst of something called the Restore Trial, which is a, it's a double-blind, randomized, sham control trial. And so we're trying to really figure out, you know, how well these work and perhaps who they work best in. And more recently, something I'm excited about as well is something called the TRIM trial. And that's a two-center trial between us and the Cleveland Clinic. And it's a primary obesity therapy using a new device that basically does full thickness suturing. So we're able to just go into the mouth, and there's no incisions made through the abdominal wall at all. And we're able to take this device and place full thickness sutures into the gastric wall, sewing the anterior and posterior wall together, sort of quilting the stomach together. We're not trying to recreate a sleeve, but what we're doing is we're placing plications throughout the fundus and the gastric body to prevent it from being able to expand to accept a meal. Well, that sounds fascinating. It it sounds like that the role of a gastroenterologist in the obesity arena will be expanding in the years to come. I'd like to thank my guest, Dr. Christopher Thompson, for joining us today as our guest to discuss endoscopic advancements. Thank you very much, Dr. Thompson. Thank you. You have been listening to GI Insights on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. GI Insights is brought to you by AGA Institute and sponsored by Takeda Pharmaceuticals North America. For additional information on this program and on-demand podcasts, visit us at ReachMD.com and use promo code AGA.
Takeda Pharmaceuticals North America is proud to sponsor this important and quality programming for ReachMD listeners. Takeda does not control the editorial content of this broadcast. The views expressed are solely those of the guests who are selected by the AGA Institute. Based in Deerfield, Illinois, Takeda Pharmaceuticals North America is a wholly owned subsidiary of Takeda Pharmaceutical Company Limited, the largest pharmaceutical company in Japan. In the United States, Takeda markets products for diabetes, insomnia, wakefulness, and gastroenterology, and is developing products in the areas of diabetes, cardiovascular disease, and other conditions. Takeda is committed to striving toward better health for individuals and progress in medicine by developing superior pharmaceutical products. To learn more about the company and its products, visit www.tpna.com. This ReachMD program is featured on Sermo, a free online community exclusively for physicians. To discuss this program with your colleagues, visit www.sermo.com. That's S-E-R-M-O.com. When you join, enter ReachMD in the promotion box to receive a $15 Amazon gift card.